Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's easy to forget things. Let me tell you, it's very easy to forget things. I forget a lot. If I don't write it down or tell my phone to remind me, I will absolutely forget it. And I'm sure some of you might say the same. We're good at forgetting things, aren't we? Sometimes we don't just forget things, but we intentionally put them out of our minds. If something is particularly unpleasant, we try not to think about it. We don't want to remember it. We avoid things because we don't want to deal with them. If something's particularly horrific, you might even subconsciously forget and black out the whole event. We like to avoid things, the hard things, because we don't want to deal with them. And then sometimes something comes along which reminds us of the exact thing we're trying to not think about. And that's what the ashes are doing on your foreheads on Ash Wednesday. The first thing the ashes do is they jog our memories. They're a sign. And signs point to things. The ashes speak a message which happens to be an unpleasant message. And that is, and it's a message that many of us are trying to forget, ashes jog our memory about our mortality. Remember, O man, that thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. Remember. And when those ashes are poured upon the coffin, we hear the words again, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Remember. Those words are words of warning, words of condemnation. Those words come from the mouth of Almighty God to rebellious humanity. You are going to die. So am I. Death is a simple fact of our current existence. We can try to ignore it. We can try to hide from it. We can try to play games with it. But in the end, it's no game. And there won't be any hiding. Death tracks us all down. And it will squeeze every last bit of life out of us. And then our breathless bodies will turn back to ashes. And we don't like thinking about that. We don't like thinking about our own mortality. Frankly, it scares us. So... We place ashes on ourselves to remind us, lest we forget it, lest we ignore it. And yes, it's true that you can remember your own mortality without all the ashes, but ashes 
as the church has known for a very long time, make the point rather directly, don't they? They are the very dust that we're going to turn back into. It's a very literal and very physical connection and a reminder. Ashes also serve to confess mourning. Ashes are a sign of death. And they're a sign, in this case, of our own death, our own mortality. And that mortality is our fault. If you sin, you die. That's the law. All of us die, so all of us have sinned. And everyone here is included. We're so consumed by our sin that we're not aware of how heinous, how evil we are. But there are times, there are times where we catch just the slightest glimpse of the terrible things we've done and thought and not done. Sometimes we begin to feel the deep pain that we have caused ourselves, that we have inflicted upon others. Regret, guilt, sorrow, contrition. Those are the feelings that begin to well up in us as we begin to see the depth of the wickedness that's in each of us. And so we place ashes on our forehead as a sign of our regret, as a sign of our sorrow over our own sins. And ashes also serve as a confession. The ash on your forehead is a confession that the person is worth only ashes. The ashes confess that we have no righteousness. The ashes acknowledges that none of us is better than the other. The ashes confess that we all need God's grace, if there's going to be any hope for any of us. And so, with the outward sign, we put it into words. We confess verbally with our mouths that we have sinned against him. We deserve his just punishment. God says, God's law says, you are a poor, miserable sinner who deserves nothing but death and hell. And on Ash Wednesday in particular, we confess our sins and we say, yeah, yeah, that's me. But pastor, pastor, I have a question, pastor. Didn't Jesus tell us in our gospel reading not to put on a show and not to disfigure our faces? Raise your hand if that thought occurred to you today. Some of you it might. Maybe. No. I've heard, the, I've heard it a lot. The ashes on your forehead do not tell you, say anything about whether or not you fasted. Right? doesn't say anything about whether or not you fasted. I don't know if you fasted or not, and I don't want to know. It's not my business. But the ashes preach. They shout, dead man walking, dead woman walking. They proclaim the reality that we can't hide from, that we cannot escape. I'm dying. And 
They not so subtly announced, so are you. We're all headed to the same grave, all of us. What Christ condemns in our Gospel reading is thinking that we can show how good and how sincere and how devout and how great we are, what awesome Christians we are, by outward symbols only. Now remember, Jesus says in the same chapter, He says the same things about prayer and giving to the poor. His point is that nothing we do in the Christian life should ever be done out of a sense of show, out of a sense of uh, displaying to the world just how righteous we are. He's not saying we can't pray in public. He prayed in public and we follow his example. He's not, um, he doesn't forgive giving publicly or giving as a group. But he did forbid using outward symbols of repentance like ashes as a sign of our own worthiness. The use of ashes in, in Christianity as a sign of repentance and mourning and all the things that I've mentioned, it's old. It's even older than Christianity. It's older than the Bible. It goes all the way back to Job. And it's probably older. It's an outward action chosen by God's people for thousands of years, from the earliest time, to confess our unworthiness, our sin, and a sign of our mourning. But don't stop with the outward sign. Rend your hearts and not your garments. The ashes are no good if you don't remember that you are dust. But if that's all that today was about, it would be a pretty sad, pretty help, uh, hopeless, depressing day. What then are we going to do? Return to the Lord, comes the reply. Return. Return is the main word for Lent. Another way to say it is repent. Repent. Turn to the Lord. Why? Because He is gracious and He is merciful. He is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. A love that never lets you down. So return, children of God. The God to, who invites you to return has already turned towards you in His Son. The ashes go on your head in the shape of a cross. Why? To remind you also that the cross, uh, that it's about the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. They point to his immeasurable and incomprehensible love for you. The cross proves that love for you was so great, so unbelievably massive that the only begotten Son of God was willing to become a man and die for you. The Creator God Himself becomes man. He became dust so that He could deal with your sin. He chose to carry all your sin upon Himself. All of it, every last bit, upon the cross of Calvary. Think of it. You are free because He paid for your idolatry, your cursing, 
He paid for you every time that you disregard God's Word and, and, dishonor, and the dishonor that you've shown to your parents and to the, those in authority. He paid for it all. He made restitution for every hateful word and every hateful deed and thought you've ever had. All of your discontent, all of your sexual sins, your laziness, your stealing, your hatred, your gossip, your lying words, all of it has been dealt with through the blood of Jesus. He paid it all. He took responsibility for it, even all the way to his death. So it has no hold on you. Not now, not anymore. You have been set free by his blood, by his death. So fear not. Christ's forgiveness upon the cross is given to his ministers to proclaim and deliver to you. When a minister, such as myself, proclaims forgiveness, he does so because he has been commanded to do so by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, in his stead, by his command. Whoever's sins you forgive, they are forgiven. In a few moments, you'll come forward to that altar and you'll receive absolution. Those sins which burden you will be forgiven. You'll be free. And since you're about to be acquitted for all the crimes you've ever committed before God, the sentence of death has been commuted. Even though the grave will close over your head, and even though your body will lie in the dust, eternal life is still yours. Death has no hold over you since Jesus paid it all. And so let us all return to the Lord with all our hearts with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Let us return to the Lord our God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And He relents of disaster. May that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.